Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Hi, I'm Mark Tapper, and at Tapper's Jewelry, we believe... Terribly sorry to interrupt, old chap. Sir Richard Poshingham, please come in. Heard a horrifying rumor about Tapper's. What is it? Well, seems people are going around saying... Yes? Can hardly bring myself to make the accusation. Just tell me. Well, the story goes that Tapper's offers financing. Yes? Of course, I ignore such horrible gossip. I mean... We do. Obviously, you wouldn't want to be associated with the sort of... We offer financing. The sort of people who are not overrun with cash on hand. The right sort of people, you understand. I mean, Tapper's Jewelry offers financing up to 60 months. It's just a convenience. Oh, it's true. Well, uh, forgive me. We make it easy to choose what you want and pay how you like. Uh, Of course, we have payment options at Poshigam's too. Really? We accept cash, titanium credit cards, and of course, bullion. Very convenient. Tapper's, tell us your story. At Tapper's Jewelry, we want to hear your story. Everybody has one, and we'll help make yours legendary. Stephen, um, last week we 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 talked about DoorDash, and this week on the notes I see we're going to talk about Michelin. Is this another food related <laughs> podcast? Are we talking about restaurants with with the Michelin stars, or are we talking about tires? You know, you took away my punchline because I was oh, going to no. ask. I was going to ask, have you ever heard of the Michelin ranking for restaurants? And have you ever wondered if it was tied to the car company? Ding, ding, ding. Dave gets a gold. Dave kind of gets a gold star, but at the same time, kind of oh, screwed up. My first up. Michelin star. <laughs> yeah, your first Michelin star. And kind of screwed up my opening. So for those who, so so for the pe- people listening, wondering whether we rehearse these openings, you now know we don't. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, we're going to talk. We are going to talk about Michelin. So first, a little bit about Michelin. Michelin, Michelin's an old company. Michelin was founded on May twenty eighth, eighteen ninety eight. Holy cow! Yeah, eighteen ninety eight. Eighteen ninety eight, and Clermont Fernand France, which is basically in the Alps, and it was founded by two brothers, Edward and Andre Michelin. Okay, and today. It is the largest tire manufacturer in the world. Mm-hmm. And as a bit of an interesting sidebar, the Michelin Man is one of the oldest trademarks in the world. That was trademarked back in 1894. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before the, the company. No, no, the company oh, was oh. 18, 18. Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Yes, before before the comp before they actually officially yeah. formed the company. They've been they have been selling they they've been selling them. tires. Yeah. And the idea came when the brothers noticed a stack of tires that looked like a man. They Mm -hmm. said, let's, let's create the Michelin man. Now, sorry. Back back then there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of white tires. Uh, Natural rubber was, uh, was white. So yeah. 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 Which is the reason why a lot of, yeah. yeah, And a lot of, a lot of tires were white walls and and Mm -hmm. things along that lines. But you know, you're doing well when you become part of pop culture and one of my favorite things is is i love the episode of when the michelin man was murdered by chris griffin and the family guy on behalf of mr firestone i just think that that's you know you're big when that happens when you're on the family guy you know you're big 
And maybe in the future, we'll do a whole thing on the evolution of the Michelin Man as a trademark and how it all came together. Mm -hmm. But back to the Michelin restaurants. It started in 1900. In 1900, Michelin was by far the largest tire maker in France, Mm -hmm. but they had a problem. There were only 3,000 cars in all of France. So when you're number one and the market is small, how do you grow your business? You got to get people to buy more tires. You're going to have to get people to buy more cars and you're going to have to get people to want to go places. Bingo on the second one. It's hard to get people to buy cars. So they thought if we can get people to go places, tires will wear out faster and also it might create demand for cars. But the whole idea was get people to go places this is so this is so aligned with the old story of of you don't want to sell somebody a drill they need what they need is a hole right so right yeah okay i'm sorry i interrupted you yeah no i'm excited about this so what they did is they created this star system for restaurants one star means it's a good restaurant in its category two stars means it's worth a detour. Three stars means it's exceptional and it's worth a trip all on its own. It's a destination. It's a destination. And if we think back to the 1900s, there were not many maps. People did not travel places and didn't know where to go. So Michelin created this guide that went, hey, if you were looking for a place to go, look up a three-star restaurant and drive there. If you're going somewhere, here's a detour you can do. If you're just looking for something in your neighborhood, here's what it is. So that's where the three star originally it was three stars, and that's where the three stars came from. One, good restaurant in this category. Two stars, excellent, worth a detour. Three stars, exceptional, worth a special trip. I love this uh, because they 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 knew their audience, and and they knew that they knew that people needed a reason to go somewhere. Right, right. And as people get driving. They're wearing out their tires. Yeah. And they're going to sell more tires. And, and, and this is a strategy you can only use when you're number one in the market. Because what they did is they grew the size of the market. Now, if you're number three, you're going to stay at number three, which means you're giving business to everybody else. But when you're the market leader, you can do a strategy like this. You can grow, you can grow that market. It, and this proved so popular that a few years later, in 1904, they published one for Belgium. Mm. Right. So they started making tires there. And between 1907 and 1911, they greatly expanded the countries. And up until 1922, it was given away for free. Mm-hmm. And it was just really the only thing you saw on it was promotions for, for Michelin. And one of the brothers, one of the brothers walked into a tire shop one day and he saw his magazine being used to prop up a workbench. And he suddenly realized a man only respects what he pays for. So they started to charge 750 francs, a little over two bucks for the, for the publication. Now at that time, what they also did is they pulled the ads and they added new categories. They added hotels and they actually started to employ a team of people to do the review. So in many ways it started to become a business of its own, the, the, the Michelin book. And in the early days, the Michelin man was on the, on the cover in the show notes, got a great example in the show notes on the website of one with Michelin man smoking a big stogie. 
different times, right? Different, different times. times. Yeah. He was still fat times. then too, fat with a big stogie. But of course, the publication was suspended in World War II because it had all sorts of maps in it. Oh, so yeah. right. So it was it was suspended in World War II. And then following the war, there were many food shortages throughout Europe. And so it was reduced to a two-star ranking because at that point, Michelin did not actually believe that it was possible to have a three-star restaurant. The guy took these rankings very, very seriously. And the part that I always found interesting, it wasn't until 2005, you know, 90 years later, that it finally came to the United States. It took a long time. Oh, for I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it took a very, very long time to, to get to the U.S. And, and today you can advertise in the in the guide. And, and as I said, it's very much become a business of its own. And they very much hide who the reviewers are and, and, and take this whole Michelin star ranking very, very seriously. But this all started as a business to sell tires. And, and it's still the same company? Still the same company. Still the same company. I mean, that's great. Yeah, and, they, and they've returned to putting the Michelin man actually on the cover. He's back on the cover. I mean, you know, um, just the idea that you can get people, business owners in an entirely unrelated category to covet the validation of your tire manufacturing company is, is just an amazing story in and of itself. And, and I, I think they created, uh, even with that aspirational notion of uh, restaurant owners, They've always been an aspirational brand in their category. Um, I can remember when I was a kid, my dad had, he had a Cadillac, right? I mean, in a, in a small town in, in North America, you had a Cadillac, man, you're, you're doing all right. But you know what he really liked about it? Had Michelin tires on it. Right. Michelin's, right? right? And it, I, I remember him talking about that. Like well, that yeah. was a big deal to him. So much riding on your tires. Mm-hmm. I remember that that whole campaign. But the lesson here is publications can be a really effective marketing tool, but only if you're producing something. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom, Bob's your uncle. You're in like Flynn and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. 
Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. Publications can be a really effective marketing tool, but only if you're producing something that is valuable enough that a customer would be willing to pay for it, even if you're giving it away for free. So when I've been working with customers for creating publications, I, I, I've always started off, well, let's put a price on this. Would somebody actually be willing to spend 15 bucks for this or whatever the, the price is and produce content that would make it so that somebody would be willing to pay for that, even if you don't charge them, but that's the test. So the publication can't be all about tires, tires, tires. Here's the compound. Here's the tread. Here's yeah. what's wonderful about it. No, it was about something different. It was about, here's a place you can travel to. Mm-hmm. And by the right? way, if you need tires, we got some of those. And if you need tires, we've got some of those. (laughs) I did marketing for for a company in the medical space. We did consulting to the pharmaceutical businesses. And one of the big challenges in the pharmaceutical space is the ongoing changes of the rule, especially in what's called the quality and compliance space, which is where we did the consulting. So we created this little booklet that basically summarized the government of Canada rule changes. Mm. And in a way in which it made it easy for somebody to look at look up the rule changes. People were willing to buy that book. There was a period of time where they sold them and then they started giving them away for free. But that was a but that publication was not about our services. That publication was was to help people with the government of Canada stuff. But the corollary to that is what they think about us. Well, geez, if you created this booklet, you must know the rules really well. Right. Right. And it created awareness and put it in people's hands and they wanted the publication. And that publication had a couple of ads inserted into it about what it is that, that we did. Kind of mm-hmm. like what we're doing in the podcast here. Right. A couple yeah. of little ads in there yeah. on it. Uh, that's a great move. It's, it's a great uh, it's a brilliant um, content marketing uh, yeah. example that's worked well for 100 years. Right. And, and, and people want to walk around going. The internet, we've invented contact mar- content marketing. It's like, no, it ain't new. It Not ain't new. It ain't new. <laughs> Not at all. All right. Well, I'm, I'm happy to know the Michelin story now, Stephen. Thank you. All right. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at Empire Building Program dot com.